Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue teaching us from the book of Esther about how Mordecai prayed for Esther and encouraged her by giving her a vision for life as her guardian father. Now download this message for free at friendshipwithgod.org and iTunes. Now recently, Tom Cantor made national news and we wanted to share this information with you. Now Tom Cantor is the president and operator of the world's first creation museum right here in Santee, California, which is part of San Diego, California. It's called the Creation and Earth History Museum. And the Creation and Earth History Museum was disallowed to join the San Diego Museum Council. And it was because it has the word creation just in its name and supports the Lord Jesus Christ and the biblical account of creation from the Bible. Now, they support other museums that are based out of houses around San Diego and some of them that have an evolutionary or secular points of view for their museum. But Tom Cantor said, I'm afraid we are being opposed for nothing more than old prejudice against God. And Tom went on to say that we aren't aware of any other museum that has been turned down before. So it came as a shock to us. And because this news story became a national article, we want to offer you Tom Cantor's 48-page booklet, How a Jew Became a Scientific Creationist. That's How a Jew Became a Scientific Creationist by Tom Cantor. Now, he's not just a CEO, radio Bible teacher, ministry founder, and pastor. He's also a scientist. And this 48-page booklet talks about the scientific fallacy of evolution and Tom Cantor's personal search for the truth of the scriptures and the truth of science and who God is. We'd like to offer you this book for a donation of any amount this month to help support the Friendship with God radio program. So if you want this 48-page booklet, How a Jew Became a Scientific Creationist, call us today at one 800 247 3051. 1-800-247-3051. It's a wonderful book. You can call us now or at the end of the program, 1-800-247-3051. Now here's Tom Cantor as we continue our study from the book of Esther every Thursday and Friday, all the way up into March 15th, which is Purim. Father, thank you so much for being the God that takes care of us. Lord, we come to you this morning because we are a people that need care. And this morning, Lord, we need the care to have your word, Lord, become a part of us. That this might not be something that we study, but this might be a word which becomes engrafted into us and becomes a part of us. Holy Spirit, great surgeon of God. Graft your word into each one of our hearts this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please turn now to uh, Esther chapter 2 as we continue. And you've got the most terrific memories because you can remember everything I said, I'm sure. So there's no need for review. (laughs) But we are going to look at this marvelous record here of Esther in Esther chapter 2 beginning at verse 5. Now in Shushan the palace, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai the son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite, who had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity which had been carried away with Jeconiah, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. And he brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughters, for she had neither father nor mother, and the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, please read the next five words for me together, took... For his own daughter, took for his own daughter. So it came to pass when the king's commandment and his decree was heard, and when many maids were gathered together unto Shushan the palace to the custody of Haggai the 
Esther was brought also unto the king's house to the custody of Haggai, the keeper of the women. And the maiden pleased him, and she obtained kindness of him, and he speedily gave her things for purification with such things as belonged to her, and seven maidens, which were meet to be given her out of the king's house. And he preferred her and her maids unto the best place of the house of the women. Esther had not shown her people nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. And Mordecai walked every day before the court of the woman's house to know how Esther did and what should become of her. Now when every maid's turn was come to go into King Ahasuerus, after that she was twelve months, according to the manner of women, for so were the days of their purifications accomplished, to wit six months with oil of myrrh, six months with sweet odors, and with other things for the purifying of the women. Then thus came every maiden unto the king, whatsoever she desired was given to her to go uh, with her out of the house of the women into the king's house. In the evening she went, and the morrow she returned unto the second house of the women, to the custody of Shaskas, the king's chamberlain, which kept the concubines. She came in unto the king no more, except the king delighted in her, and that she were called by name. Now when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihel, the uncle of Mordecai, please read with me the next phrase, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go in unto the king. She required nothing but what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, appointed. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. So Esther was taken unto King Ahasuerus into his king house royal in the tenth month, which is the seventh month of his reign. And the king loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So that he set the royal crown upon her head, and she became and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king made a great feast. He made a great feast unto all his princes and servants, even Esther's feast. And he made a release to the provinces and gave gifts according to the state of the king. And when the virgins were gathered together the second time, when Mordecai sat in the king's gate, Esther had not shown her kindred nor her people as Mordecai had charged her. For Esther did the commandment of Mordecai like as when she was brought up with him. In those days, Mordecai sat at the king's gate, two of the king's chamberlain, Bigthon and Teresh, of those which kept the door were wroth and sought to lay hand on the king of Ahasuerus. And the thing was known unto Mordecai, who told it unto Esther the queen, and Esther certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name. And when inquisition was made of the matter, it was found out. Therefore, they were both hanged on a tree, and it was written in the book of Chronicles before the king. Well, did you notice in the passage, we just read that there was that one phrase That was repeated twice, found in verse 7, found in verse 15. That phrase was that Mordecai took Esther for his own daughter. He was a good father to Esther. Happy Father's Day, fathers. (laughs) This morning we're going to look at what made Mordecai a good father to Esther. Those words are very, very important. Those are our theme words this morning. Mordecai took Esther for his own daughter. First of all, what we see about Mordecai was that Mordecai was not discouraged by what he did not have. Mordecai was not discouraged by what he did not have. There was a lot for Mordecai to complain about. As I said before, my people are known for complaining, but they didn't complain. He didn't complain about this. And he was a captive in the capital of a godless country. would have been very easy for Mordecai to have said, this is such a terrible place. I mean, the king, as you saw here, has gone on a six-month drunken orgy, physical and pride. And, and you remember what Abraham said when he came into the country of Abimelech in Genesis 20, verse 11? Abraham said, because I thought, surely God is not in this place 
and they will slay me for my wife's sake. That was Abraham's thinking. Those were the words of Abraham that discouraged Abraham so much we can't imagine how discouraged Abraham was with the sin and the godlessness all around him when he was in the land of Abimelech. He thought for sure some man's going to come along and kill him so they can take his beautiful wife Sarah. And those words of Abraham that we just quoted from Genesis 20, that those words of Genesis 20, chapter 20, come after chapter 15. And it was in, in Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, that God said to Abraham, turn with me please to that, Genesis 15, verse 1. So this has happened here. Abraham's life has already occurred where God said to him in Genesis 15, 1, after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision saying, fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. In that verse, God told Abraham he was Abraham's shield. He was his protecting shield. Against what? How about against evil men that might want to kill him for his beautiful wife, Sarah? But taking his eyes off of God, because of the godlessness of the area which he was, Abraham was, and looking at all that society, Abraham became so discouraged. And you can turn over to Genesis 20, which do you see it for yourself, when he said that. So 20, verse 11, there it is. And Abraham said, because I thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will slay me for my wife's sake. So you can imagine this, that here God has said already, in the chapter we saw before, that he was a shield. And now Abraham is thinking like, oh, you know, they're going to kill me. And so God is sitting there saying, well, Abraham, what am I, chopped liver? I mean, he's already told him he's going to be a shield. So Mordecai lived in a place like that, like Abraham was talking about. And he could say, Mordecai could say just as well as Abraham, surely the fear of God is not in this place. And it wasn't. And he didn't have the benefit of a godly society to live in. Mordecai didn't. And he didn't have a temple that he could go to and worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. These things didn't discourage Mordecai. More importantly, he was encouraged enough to take this girl, Esther, for his own daughter. And what kind of a society do we live in? We live in a godless society. We live in a society that just seems hell-bent on provoking God to judgment. When you look at these things and you go, oh, the very sin that today you can go to Israel and see the potash over the place where Sodom was, the very sin that caused the destruction of potash, society calls alternative lifestyle. It'd be very easy to say, oh, surely the fear of God's not in this place. And to just give up and discourage. What's the use of living for God? And Mordecai could have done that. Not only did he not have a godly society to live in, he had everything that wasn't going for him. Mordecai, I say to you, Mordecai, does that sound like a Jewish name? Hebrew? It sort of does. It's not. Mordecai is not a Hebrew name. It's not a Jewish name. They don't even know where it comes from. Maybe it's some Persian name. And so that's discouraging. I know. The Orthodox Jews come to me and they say, Thomas, that's not a Jewish name. They say, that's not a Hebrew name. What's your Jewish name? What's your Hebrew name? They say to me. This got so discouraged, I finally started to say to him, my name is Thomas the Shamus. <laughs> Shamus is the uh, usher. And so, <laughs> poor Mordecai, he's like the Apostle Luke. He just doesn't have a Jewish name. Some of us have this problem. 
We'll return with our study from the book of Esther and Tom Cantor in just a moment on the Friendship with God radio program. But we wanted to take another opportunity with you here to share another testimony from Israel Restoration Ministries and the Friendship with God radio program. Now, recently, our missionaries at Israel Restoration Ministries contacted a Jewish man named Mike. He was actually interested in going to church, and he had some past religious-type experiences that were very emotional and not really a salvation testimony or experience that was biblical. Now, the missionaries worked as much as they could with Mike, and he stayed on his testimony and what he believed, but they decided to invite him to church, and Mike actually said he would come and visit. So after a few times of following up with Mike, he was finally able to attend some church services recently. And after the pastor finished his message, he gave an invitation and Mike raised his hand that he wanted someone to talk to him about salvation. So the Israel Restoration Ministries worker who was there and attending services with Mike was able to counsel him and go through the gospel again. And after the gospel was presented and answering a few questions about Mike and his past emotional experience with salvation, but he was right there, able to bow his head and receive the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior for his sins and his restoration towards his Messiah and God. Now, Mike was given verses on assurance of salvation and given more information about baptism. And in fact, he came back a week later and was baptized. So please pray for this Jewish soul, Mike, who's being discipled and worked with in his newfound relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you'd like to be a part of supporting a ministry like the Friendship with God radio program and Israel Restoration Ministries that actively gets out the gospel to just millions and millions of lost Jewish and Gentile people each year, if you want to be a part of that and support that program, the radio program, but also our door-to-door evangelism program, we want you to call us at 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. You can call us now or after the program. You can also go online to friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. We want you to support this evangelistic outreach program and radio program. So again, friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Now here's Tom Cantor as we continue our study in the book of Esther every Thursday and Friday, all the way up into Purim on March 15th. Poor Mordecai, he's like the Apostle Luke. He just doesn't have a Jewish name. Some of us have this problem. It didn't discourage Mordecai. And he was, because verse 5 tells us about the kind of person Mordecai was. This very important word, he was a certain Jew. He was a certain Jew. That term, certain, is very important because it expresses the individuality of Mordecai. You know, we find our individuality as persons in our personal life with God. That's where we find our individuality. We don't find our individuality by making an appointment with a therapist. You know, we don't find our individuality by taking some test to find out what our gifts are. We find our individuality in our personal life with God. We are special individuals before God. And it's only in our personal devotional life, our life with God, where we realize our individuality. In other words, it's only in our personal devotional life where God will then direct us and lead us and show us how with him we can do great things together with God. And Mordecai realized this. That's why he's called the certain Jew. God views each one of us with this term certain, certain individuals, because he has a life vision for each one of us. He does. And sometimes God 
To emphasize this, he either names somebody according to their life vision, what he's got in mind for them, or he renames them like Isaac in Genesis 17, 9. He said, and Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son. And then God said, and you will call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for a wrestling covenant with the seed after him. Isaac means laughter because Sarah laughed and Abraham laughed at the thought that they were going to be older than Ed and have a baby. <laughs> and God said, I, I heard that laugh. I heard that laugh. As, as matter, and they denied it. Said, no, no, we didn't laugh. He said, oh, yes, he did. As a matter of fact, we'll name the baby laughter. Poor kid. Anyway, how come he had to get named that? But Well, it was God naming it. Israel, he changed the name in Genesis 32, 28. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, he said. But Israel, for as a prince, hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. Later on in Genesis 35, 10, he reemphasized this when God said unto him, thy name is Jacob, thy name shall not be called any more Jacob. But Israel shall be thy name And he called his name Israel. And thou shalt, and then remember, the Lord Jesus Christ. And shall bring forth, said to Mary, shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus, Joseph. For he shall save his people from their sins. Names, visions, individuality, God's purpose, very important. Like Mordecai, we only see our certainness, our individualityness, our life calling in our life with God in our personal devotional life with God, where we come in the closest contact with God. So Mordecai's life calling was very much wrapped up in this phrase that has been repeated twice in here of being a good father to Esther. Very, very much. And so Mordecai was a good father to Esther, first and foremost, because Mordecai loved God. You cannot be a good father unless you love God. And Mordecai loved God. And he teaches us, Mordecai does, that in order to be a good father, we need to love God. Those theme words, Mordecai took Esther for his own daughter, those reflect a choice on Mordecai's part. Now here it's very, very clear, because Esther was not his biological daughter, and he had to make the decision to adopt or uh, his, uh, the orphan, Esther, which he did, but there was a choice involved. And so when it says that, Mordecai took Esther for his own daughter, think choice. Mordecai made a choice. And that makes us think of the time when Mordecai did make that choice, when he looked on that little girl and he said to himself, that girl was going to become my daughter. I will take her as my own daughter. I've decided that I will take her as my own daughter. And he did that. And children that are born to us, in a sense, in one sense, that doesn't make us a father. You know, I mean, whether a man is a biological father or not, Mordecai, there's a particular time like Mordecai when we must make that decision like Mordecai did. That will become my child in the sense of I will take the responsibilities that God has given to me and take her for my own. And the fact that Mordecai was not the biological father of Esther makes the decision so much clearer when he says took for his own daughter. That's really the meaning of baby dedication. You know, I was talking about going to dedicate the baby. I mean, what does the baby know? You know, the couple stands up here in front of the church and call it baby dedication. It's really parent dedication is what that is. Because there it's really the parents that are publicly saying, I'm taking the decision of Mordecai today. I'm going to take this child that God has given to me biologically or whatever, and I'm going to take this as my own. 
Very important words. So, what did he decide to do in those words? He took her for his own daughter. Well, he decided, first of all, to love her. To love her. You know, that's not easy to do. My son David wrote me an email this morning. He said he loved me, and I about fell off the chair. But anyway, you know, we don't normally do those things, you know. So, you know, Fiddler on the Roof. You remember that song? Fiddler on the Roof. Do you love me? Remember? And he goes, and she goes, do I what? You know, he says, do you love me? You know, do I love you? And she goes, with our daughters getting married and there's trouble in the town, you're upset, you're worn out, go inside, go lie down. Maybe it's indigestion. <laughs> Goldie, I'm asking you a question. <laughs> Do you love me? She goes, you're a fool. He goes, I know. He says, <laughs> but do you love me? Do I love you? For 25 years I washed your clothes, cooked your meals, cleaned your house, given you children, milked the cow. After 25 years, why talk about love right now? <laughs> and he explains, he says, Goldie, the first time I met you was on our wedding night. I was scared. I was shy. He goes, I was nervous. So was I. <laughs> he says, but my mother and my father said we learned to love each other. Now I'm asking you, dear Goldie, do you love me? I'm your wife. He goes, I know. <laughs> but do you love me? He goes, do I love him? For 25 years I've lived with him, fought with him, starved with him. 25 years my bed is his. If that's not love, what is? Then you love me. I suppose I do. And, he goes, and I suppose I love you too. And they both sing together. It doesn't change a thing, but even so, after 25 years, it's nice to know. Okay, so, <laughs> fathers, <laughs> all right. All right, you got two special musics this morning, all right. So, so how long has it been, fathers, since you told your children, your kids, that you loved them, that you loved them? You know, it may not change a thing, but after 25 years, it's nice to know. Mordecai knew that what he was doing when he was raising Esther is that he was not only raising Esther, but he was, in a sense, raising her children and raising her children's children. Now, what am I talking about here? Because he knew Mordecai was wise to know that he was impacting history when he was, when he was raising Esther. How do I know that? Well, I'm glad you asked that. Because Mordecai had the book of Proverbs. Because Proverbs was written by Solomon, king of Israel, which means that Mordecai had Proverbs chapter 4. So turn with that, please, in mind. Proverbs chapter 4. All right, you got it? Proverbs chapter 4. He's got Proverbs chapter 4. And this is a really interesting scene here in Proverbs chapter 4. Because here we're brought into the scene of a father sitting down with his children. Just picture it. A father sitting down with his children and instructing them. Now we can just listen in or watch in to this very private conversation. Proverbs 4 verses 1. Hear ye children the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine forsaking not my law, for I was my father's son, tender and only beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thine heart retain my words, keep my commandments, and live. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. 
Now, as we approach Christmas, just a few weeks away, and Hanukkah starts on November 27th, we've got a great offer for you. Tom Cantor's written a 17-page gospel track called How a Jew Learned the True Meaning of Christmas. Now, this track will help you to reach lost Jewish people as you encounter them at the malls, at their businesses, maybe even a neighbor, coworker, or family member, or someone you know that's Jewish. It's a great tool to evangelize Gentiles as well. We've got a limited supply of them. How Would You Learn the True Meaning of Christmas by Tom Cantor? They're available today for a donation of any amount. Call us at 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. Your donation helps us to stay on the air on this station. 1-800-247-3051. It's also tax deductible. And none of your donation goes for administration support. 100% of your donation goes to keeping this teaching program on the air. And we match that support towards Israel Restoration Ministry, recently helping to reach over one million lost Jewish people a year as we take the gospel door to door and go to reach the Jews and the Gentiles because there is a blessing in that from Genesis 12, 3, I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And we go to the Jew first with the gospel at Israel Restoration Ministries and the Friendship with God radio program. Join us, support us. We'd like your help and your support and knowing that this radio program continues as well as our outreach ministry. So call us today at one 800 247 We'd like you to support this Jewish outreach ministry and this radio program that reaches Jews and Gentiles. But call us today with your support, 1-800-247-3051. You can get the booklet, How a Jew Learned the True Meaning of Christmas, or you can donate online at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. So call us today at one 800 247 3051. Or again, 1-800-247-3051. Join us again tomorrow at this same time.